being here on time. Be quite awkward if I was just preaching to myself. <laughs> but um, I'm going to read out these words that God clearly gave me. It's a statement that says, It's time to unearth everything earthy and earthly in man. It's time to unearth everything earthy and earthly in you and me. Why? So I can live an eternal life while I'm on earth. And so often we want to define what our lives are going to look like, don't we? We have these dreams. Our parents give us dreams. Our parents inspire us to become someone and something. And so often we adopt their dreams for us. And maybe along the way we define our own and we've got these big dreams of what life is going to be like. And it's all earthy and it's all earthly and it's all anchored in earth. And we have no real reality of why Jesus gave us life, why he came down and birthed us into him to live with them for him to see his reality established, not that life that I may have been born into. David, can you just put this up here for me, bro, just on here? And so we need to wrestle with this statement, it's time to unearth everything earthy and earthly because we're born of earth, are we not? God grabbed some dust and he breathed life and man came into being. So we're of the earth, we are earthy. All we know is earth the ways of earth, the dimensions of earth, how earth operates. And there's this thing called the God of self that lives in us, and he must be killed. Otherwise, he will dictate and determine your earthly life. And God said to me, son, I want you to go after the God of self. I've known he's existed in my own life since 1997 because I couldn't get free of him. I'm going to write this up so you can all see this, but if you don't know me, this is who I am or who I was. R-I-P. What does that mean? Rest in peace. Greg Simner was born in 1969 to Alan and Lillian Simnor. I'm very young. Don't let the bald head confuse you. All men of glory have bald heads. It was the bald guy. Remember, you know the story about the bald guy? Don't mess with the bald guy. 1969, and in 1997, the 23rd of December, at 10 a.m., Greg Simnor died. Greg Simnor, 1969 to 1997, at 10 a.m., 10 a.m., not here, in the city, in his workplace, ceased to live. He died. And then, but God, he got born. Again. But the God of self 
died. Dead. Ceased to exist from that moment on. God freed me from me. Has he freed you from you? Or do you always find yourself tripping up on you? You're always getting in the way of you. You don't mean to. You're really trying to live for him, but you keep getting in the way of yourself. This person in you, and you may not even know it exists in you, and you may not even know why you do what you do, but you do it. And then you can't seem to be able to do what he instructs in a way that's loving and of love and of life. It's either hard It's burdensome, although the Word says God's commandments are not burdensome. It's really weighty. uh, It's really heavy, not weighty. It's like, man, it's really hard being a Christian. Now, if you're relating to what I'm saying, it is because the God of self is alive. He has not yet been crucified by the gospel, the power, Jesus Christ Christ. Himself. It does not mean that you are not God's. It does not mean you are not a son or a daughter. It does not mean you are not justified by His blood. It means none of that stuff. So we have to be clear. It doesn't mean any of that. It means you are His son, but you're unable to be able to live what He calls you to live in a way that He calls you to live because you're still the source of you. He's not. And so you're always feeling this is hard. And you get found out. Anybody relate? So you're not bad. You're just human. And you need to be defined by another source. So you're on a journey of maturity. That's all it is. How many of you have looked at the resource, Four Stages of Christianity, that's up on our website? It's a half-hearted hand in the ear, sort of. Thank you, Mark. Okay, so what's the first stage of Christianity that most people come into? Give me. It's all about me. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I want, I want, I want, I want. And you can come into that in your relationship with God because the God of self is still living and he's very hungry and he's very thirsty for what he wants. He's not really interested in what God has primarily. He just wants to take what God has on offer and then live his own way. So he'll take the blessing, he'll take the goodness, he'll take all the good stuff, but he defines it through himself because really he wants to live for himself because he hasn't given or lost his life for God's sake He's lost it or given it for his own sake. And so it's very conditional. And you can be fully committed in that state, but not surrendered. So really, it's all still about you. And the way you view God is all still skew-whiffy because it's still all about you and what you can get out of God and what God can do for you, not what you are going to lay your life down and do for God and others. Why? Because the God of self is still alive and well. And it is the most, or it is the immature state of a son of God. So if you go into daycare, if you go, if you have kids, you'll see this. And this is where it's all about the gifts, see? 
So I want the gift because I want to serve me in the gift. Flag love. Like love. What's that? Love those people that I don't really like. (laughs) Love those people that are annoying. Yeah. Oh, nah. It's about me. Paul said when I was a child, I used to think like a child. I used to act like a child. But when I became a man, I started living like a man. I was maturing. So this first stage is give me. What's the second stage? Use me. So you get a little bit sick and tired of the give me thing. Oh, yeah, it's not quite cutting it, you know. I seem to get, but I always want more. Anyone relate? You get, but you want more. You're never satisfied. You want this phone, then you want that phone, then you want that phone, then you want that. You want the iPad, the next iPad. You want the car, the car, the car. The... It's like that in ministry. You do this, you do this. I lay hands on the sick, now that's boring. I preach the gospel, that gets boring. I want more because I'm not in peace, in Christ. So then you transition from the give me to use me. Send me. Send the best thing you've got. Come on. Use me. Here I am. Send me. And it's also still about you because the God of self is still living. And that is a very self-centered, selfish place to live from still. But he loves that you, but he doesn't necessarily love what's coming out of you. And you have to be able to separate the difference between that. He loves us, but he doesn't necessarily love our behavior. He doesn't love the nature that's still in us called the God of self or the spirit in us called the God of self that he addressed with John and James when they tried to kill people and said, you still don't know what spirit you are of. Now, did they have a demon in them? No. Is that spirit coming out of them Christ? No. So what spirit's coming out of them? Self. The God of self still lives in the two that we're always fighting for the position of being the top dog, eh? Why? Because they're about the use me, give me. And their mother jumped on the bandwagon too, didn't she? She said, well, you'll listen to me, Jesus. Can my boys be at the top dog seat? Well, that's not up for me to determine. It's up to my father. But you see this in the disciples all the time because they have not yet been, what's the third stage of Christianity in the notes? They have not yet been broken Broken of what? The God of self, because he's still living in them, and Jesus knows it. But Jesus is lovering this use me, give me spirit to bring them into a reality because he knows at a certain point you're going to get sick and tired of that because you'll know there's no real life in it. You exhaust yourself trying to find life in everything but the one of life. This is what happened to me. So I was born in 1969, in 1997, trying to find life in everything but the person who is life, I broke. And it was the greatest day of my life. Because I could start to live, really. And so the third part is this breaking that needs to happen. And people say, but what needs to break and what needs to die? And we say things like this, I'm dying to self. 
only problem is you won't really find that too much in the Scriptures. It says, deny self. And we've come up with this language which we're unintentional about instead of going, no, no, self has to die. So the process of self-dying can be this process. You might be bruised, chipped, cracked because the word's going to work. Or you're trying to find life in other things and so you find it's not working. But there comes a death and death is not a process. Death is an event, correct? Like when you die, you die. You're not dying when you're dead. So you might have to get to that place where you die I died here, and I've been free of me. Scriptures are quite profound, and I want to write something up so you can see this, because I'm hoping this will really help. So, spirit. We are made in the image of God, and that is the image of a spirit, correct? So this is not the image of God. The image of God is in this vessel. God is a spirit. Hence, everyone is born of the image of God, which is spirit. But we have a demonic nature because we're born in sin and iniquity, correct? So we have to get that spirit born again, redeemed. It has to die and a brand new spirit come in, correct? So Galatians 4, verse 7, says God sent his spirit into our spirit, and when his spirit entered into our spirit, the spirit cried, God's spirit cried, Abba, Father. Not my spirit, his spirit went, I found home. And his spirit entered into me, and I got born of power. And that spirit went, connection, reconciliation, I've been reconciled back to the Father because I was disconnected. Boom! Life! And his spirit cried, Abba, Father, I found another one who was surrendered, broken, crying out, desperate, thirsty, hungry for life. You have a thing called the soul, correct? And that's made up of your mind, will, and emotions. This baby is the control center. And if this control center doesn't get sorted by the Spirit, then God Himself still lives. Because you can have born of Spirit, but you don't have His mind. Your will still lives, and you're living by your feelings. Are you tracking with me? So what needs to happen is the spirit reality, when you get born of the spirit, the word is spirit, it needs to take out your will. So the power of the spirit, the word which is spirit, Jesus who is spirit, Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God, comes, he fills you with his spirit and your spirit. It goes through that now into your soul. And your will, which is the thing that is so powerful that God has given, gets crucified. No longer lives. Tracking? 
So the thing in you that's enmity, which is anti-God, doesn't want God <coughs> nailed to the cross. Greg, deny self right now. Pick up this cross and come follow me. Where are we going, Jesus? We're going to our death. What? We're going to our death. You're going to be crucified with me. You're not going to be a bystander. You're going to be a participant of the gospel. You're going to partake of everything I went through. Now, this needs to happen so your will gets crucified. God has given us all our will. It is the strongest thing in us. This is why we do not want to die, correct? Why do you think people want to live? Why do you think when the adrenaline's pumping, when the, the fear of death happens, people have supernatural strength, all of a sudden people do crazy stuff because something in their nature doesn't want to die. It's the strongest form of, of, that God has given us to live, but it's been tainted by the fall, hasn't it? It's been poisoned by the fall. So it needs to die, otherwise it's going to control you. Then God goes to work and he renews your mind and he starts to define your emotions. Through what? His word, which is spiritual. You can't understand God's word in your mind. Don't even try. Your head will hurt. A carnal mind can never understand the living spiritual word. If it's revealed, then you'll know the word of God to the measure that your mind's been revealed. But you can't just get a book and start reading it and think you can renew your mind without the spirit. But that's what we do because that's the operating system of the world because our will still hasn't been smashed to pieces and it still binds you up. Now, here's the thing, and this is... I was sharing with this with someone during the week, is that within God, you can never fully nail down this one thing, even though God's the God of one. What do you mean by that, Greg? Peter had his mind renewed to who Jesus was while his will was still alive and well. Who do you say I am? You're the Messiah. How do you know that? The Father revealed it. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, Peter. Okay? So it's fully possible to have your mind renewed while your will still lives. Because then Peter went along and denied Jesus, did he not? Okay. Which just means he couldn't deny himself. Because he said, I can lay my life down, I can lay my will down, and he couldn't. Now that is a one, I reckon it's not even 1%. It's probably 0.001 chance that happening as a whole. It doesn't really happen. 99.9% of the time is your will will get in the way of your mind being renewed. So you, the word will come and your will will go, no. Because remember, your mind can't understand it. So your mind can't understand the word of God because it's spiritual unless it's been revealed. So what stops it? It's your will. It goes, eh, don't even know what that is. And you deny the power of God and so you maintain a form of godliness. Scripture we want to look at which keeps you out of the life you're called to be in. So unless the will gets crucified, your chances of actually having your mind renewed are very, very, very slim, which means you're going to live your life from your feelings and your emotions. 
So when good stuff happens, you're up. When what you perceive as bad stuff happens, you're down. And it's just a recipe for disaster because you're up, down, up, down, up, down based on external situations and circumstances or things happening in you or to you. Jesus did not live his life like that at all. If he did, he wouldn't have gone the cross. And men and women who were empowered, who had their will crucified, did not live like that either. They had someone greater on the inside that enabled them to overcome life and everything that was coming at them. They were killed for Christ and considered it pure joy and an honor. They were like put in prison and they thought it was awesome. Like we're not talking about not getting invited to someone's birthday party. We're talking about being persecuted and killed because you have love in you and you're actually loving the person that's killing you and you don't retaliate like them and you don't complain about it because someone in you is greater because your will has been crucified, your mind is being renewed and his truth is defining your emotions. So out of your body, which is the third aspect, comes Jesus Christ which is exactly what the Scriptures say, that the church is to walk in the manner in which Jesus Christ walked. It says the law that we're under now is the law of Christ, which is the law of love, because you're no longer under the law of Moses, because you're well under a brand new covenant from a man who brought a brand new covenant with him, who fulfilled the old covenant and everything was in him, and now he says it's all in me. And so out of your body comes the manifestation of the Christ on the earth, which is the manifold wisdom of God on the earth, which is Ephesians 3 verse 10, that the heavenly realm are made unknown, going, how does that all work? These people who say one thing and live another, you've called and chosen for to live a life, and the angels look on trying to figure that out. And the demonic is really pissed, like really upset because he goes, but that same way they're living is how I lived and I got banished and they aren't. Like what is in your heart for man that he would know you and live for you and from you and to you and through you because He realizes his will needs to get crucified by the one who was crucified. He needs to partake of the cross, not just stand back and admire it and say, thank you, Lord. He actually needs to have his mind renewed continuously so he has the mind of Christ because he doesn't have it at the start when he's looking for the give me and the use me. So he's got to have a breaking happen within him so then his feelings don't determine how he's going to live on this earth, whether it's a bad day or a good day, loss or life. That's who we're called to be. But here's the thing. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 7 says this. Difficult times are going to come on the earth in the last days. And we're in the last of the last because the last day started 2,000 years ago. But see, God's also outside of time, but he comes into time, but he's working towards a prophetic timeline, isn't he not? So we're in these last of the last, but I don't know how long the last of the last are because Paul wrote this quite a while ago. But that's not to go, oh, well, I've got more time because that's what we do. It'll be okay for tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. You see, it's not about time. It's about knowing God. 
And if you know him, you're always going to be prepared, prepared and ready, even if it's a thousand years away. Why? Because you're living for not just you, you're living for the generation beneath you and the generation and the generation and the generation. Why? And you don't even know who they are. Like, I'm living for this guy's grandkids, but I haven't met them yet. He hasn't met them yet either, I hope. <laughs> like, is this the way we live, though, guys? Is this in our thinking because our will has been smashed, our mind's renewing, and he's defining our emotions? Like, we're living for a people that haven't even been born who are part of us because they're going to be part of the church. But most people never even think like this. Most people are so stuck in themselves and can't get past themselves on any given day. Why? Well, Paul tells you because in the last days, realize this. For men will be lovers of self. Men, women, children will be lovers of themselves. How do you know if you're a lover of self? Look at your life. Look at how much time you spend thinking about you and what you're not in or what you're called to be in or what you're trying to get in. Your life will be telling you if you're a lover of you. You see, our lives are the signs of the times. When are the signs? When are the signs? When are the signs? Well, look at your life and you'll see it. Your life is the evidence of the time of God that you're in. So if you're a lover of self, then this speaking to you very highly in the last days and Jesus is coming back. So you wouldn't want to be stuck in a lover of self. Time is the greatest commodity on planet, on planet Earth. I was having a chat with someone and I said, I've guarded my time for years. Like God said to me years ago, guard and protect our time. Don't give it to anybody. People give their time away. Well, they give it away like it's nothing. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. But you know what? You're giving it to you. Even when you give it to other people, you can be giving it to you if you're still in the use me and the give me. So everything's still about you and me because the God of self is still alive and well. And Paul says there's going to be difficult times because a generation and a people and a country and nations who are all about themselves, it's chaotic. Oh my goodness, is not the world we live in? It's chaotic. Everyone can actually be kind when COVID hits until self gets hit. We can live like this for so long until all of a sudden it's not going away and now self manifests. Oh, sorry, I know you're 80, but you know what? I'm just going to break that code at the old border and I'm going to escape out of the, where I'm sitting in my hotel. I don't really care about you 80-year-old lady who's struggling with something in a mental, whatever you're in, because I can't live by that now. I can't keep the rules. I could do for a week, but I can't do for another day because self just has to manifest. He's got to feed after himself. He can't love like love can love because he's still living. And that's why these difficult times would come because people give a rip about themselves. At the end of the day, if self hasn't been dead, he looks after himself. And that's why Jesus said, don't you dare entrust your heart to man because I know what is in man. Give it to God because man will always let you down if he has not been killed. He will look after himself full stop. And yet we do, though. We give our hearts away. We give our time away. We entrust it into people. And we wonder why stuff doesn't go too well. He goes on. He says, not only will they be lovers of self, they'll be lovers of money. You find it hard. If you don't give, find it hard to give, you're probably a lover of money. Why? Because money's powerful. Why? Because money, I can live to self with money, and I can build my empire. Isn't that what the man said? Look at all my wealth. 
What should I do with all my wealth because I don't have barns big enough to fit my wealth in? I know, he thought to himself, I'll build a bigger barn. Not, oh, I'll give it away to people that don't have because I've got enough. No, I'll continue to build more for me that I'll never use because there's this thing in me that's not satisfied that needs more even though I've got heaps. And then God said, you foolish man, tonight your life will be called out of you. But that's how we live. And we don't need to. But if he's living, we'll be lovers of money. We'll be boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness. Non-Christians don't hold to a form of godliness. They don't even know what godliness is, so he's not talking to non-Christians. He's addressing the church. And we are part of a church of generations. So although he's talking to a particular church, is he talking to us today? Because the same nature of man lives in man, does it not? Because one fell, all have fallen. So we're all in this washing machine together, aren't we? We have to take account of the reality of what really is and allow the Scriptures to speak. And not for me to define the Scriptures, but to allow the Scriptures to shine a light on me and define my world. Otherwise, I will always live an earthly, earthly life. I'll be bound up in me. And I'll miss everything God had for me outside of going to heaven. People say, I just want to get there. That's because you don't know what's on offer. Oh, I just want to get there. I'll be happy to get there. That's because you have no idea what's on offer. Because all you're going to do is struggle through life and you're called to overcome life. Why? So you can be hope to people that are struggling in life. Because I didn't just die and rose again to just get you across the mark. I died and rose again to transform you into my image. So either you hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. You see, the problem is when the God of self lives and you're a lover of self, then you only have forms of godliness because you don't know what godliness is. So you can go through what we're doing today and be in forms of godliness. This can be all a form of godliness. If you're bored right now, it's probably because you're in a form of godliness. Because this is the word of the Lord, and the word of the Lord is not boring. So if you're bored, it's probably because you're in a form of godliness and need to die. Ooh, I say that from love so you can live. I say that from love so you can have life. Because Jesus is not boring. Man, the dude opens eyes. The guy got born from death to light. The guy does all things. He's not boring. So the boring reality is not Jesus. It might be me. Because the gap between Jesus and me is why? Because I left him. I didn't lose him. You can't lose Christ. We say, oh, they lost their first. No, no, they left. Go read it. They left their first love. Why? Because I don't understand the value of the one that's in front of me. So I actually looked for other values greater than the one that's right in front of me. That's what Eve did. You're not enough, so I've got to partake of another tree. Oh, my goodness me. Really? What causes that? Ultimately, because you don't know. You lack knowledge 
of what is, so you do the opposite of what God says, and you deny the power that comes to crucify you. So your will still lives because when it turns up, you go, that's not the word because it doesn't fit into my mind. No, because you don't have the mind of Christ. You've still got your mind trying to understand the word and your will goes, "Eh," and your will wants to live. So it tells your mind, don't believe it. And you might not even know this is happening within you because you might not even know this reality exists in you because you have to be shown it by God because you inherently think you're all good. You who are evil, who know how to good gifts. Who's he talking about that's evil, do you know? Like he can't be talking about me and you. We're good dudes. You who are evil from your you. That's offensive. It's really offensive. Oh, I'm out of here. But it's the truth. And so you deny the power who is Christ and you stay the same. Like the evidence is you're changing, correct? Like if you're not changing, guys, you're not in Christ. If you're the same every day, nothing's happening. Like maturity. While I was a child, I lived like a child, thought like a child. It's all about me. So it goes, give me, use me, break me, make me. If God is making you because you've gone through the breaking process, what are you able to live? What the life is in you? You're becoming Christ-like. You're able to love people. You're able to keep the commandments. You're able to actually live. Because it says, unless I've circumcised the heart, you can't live. It says, keep the commandments and Live. So what have the commandments got to do with living everything and you can't keep them? So he's got to take you and he's got to break your will down because you can actually live as a Christian and have your will alive but not be able to enter all that he has. So you're outside of a reality that you should have stepped into and you find yourself not being able to live. And if you're happy with that, that's fine. I'm not though. And the eldership here aren't happy with that. So we've got to keep going on this journey of maturity and bringing the word that enables the church to live eternal, not just give up stuff that people want because actually it's just going to tickle ears. Because the purpose is maturity. Press on to maturity. Guys, by now you all should be teachers. Hebrews, is that not what it says? If you've been in Christ for about two years, let's say, you all should be discipling people. Why are we going back to the elementary principles again? Oh my goodness, is that where we're really at? Uh Uh-huh, that's where they were really at. So he's got to bring them back again. The standard is way beyond what we can live, but we love our forms of godliness because we think I get a sense of peace comfort, turn up, I put my money in a box, man, I can continue to live for me, man will be lovers himself, do my God stuff on the side, wait for heaven, and really I'm living my life on earth. If that's your bacon, if that's what you want, fill your boots. It's not what I want though, and it's not what I want for you, and it's certainly not how we're going to be living here. Avoid such men as these. It doesn't sound very inclusive. <laughs> Is that love? Yep. But help them. 
For among them are those who are enter into households and captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So you're always trying to learn, but you never come to truth, and truth makes you free. But you can tell me all this stuff. Oh, I read this book, read that book, read that book, listen to that audio thing, listen to that. I'm consumed in it, but I'm actually not changing, which means it's a complete waste of time. But I love my former godliness. It's not a waste of time if it's actually changing you, but if you're not changing it, you might as well be reading Mills and Boone. Like, serious. It needs to be going to work. If it's not working within you, it says in Philippians, I think, no, Colossians, that the Word of God dwells richly, Colossians 3.16, in me. It dwells in me. So then if the Word dwells in me and it's performing its work in me, out of my body will come the manifestation of Christ. Has that your experience? Listen to this. This is after Paul talks about being kicked. I'll read it. But we have this treasure, meaning glory, okay? Because the whole chapter is about glory. We have glory in earthen vessels. So that the surpassing greatness of the power of God will be of God, not of us. See how you get taken out? It's not even about us. It's all about Him. And then when it's all about Him, it becomes all about me and Him. Because He's removed me from me. And so through His power, not me, this glory is in me, being formed in me. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Why? Because the glory is in me because I'm died and I'm being released and my mind's being renewed. I've got life and I'm living by emotions. This is the standard that Paul calls us to. Imitate me as I imitate the Christ. All this is possible. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. Perplexed but not despairing. Persecuted but not struck down. Sorry, not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. The word manifest is makes to make known, to make real. So when John said, the word has been manifested to us in 1 John 1, what I saw, what I heard from the beginning, I experienced, I have fellowship with the Christ, and I invite you to have fellowship with the Christ in us. Fellowship is not just a given because you pray a prayer. Fellowship comes through maturity. You have an opportunity the day your spirit gets born, but if that is not grown and matured, we will not have oneness here. We will speak things that will be misheard, misinterpreted, like what? Uh, eh, blue is red, red is purple, yellow is pink. And we will be multi rather than one. And this tells me this reality out of my body is to manifest Christ in me, who is the hope of glory. The way God is going to get his glory into the earth is through his church. But a church that are able to live this When they're crushed, we're not perplexed. 
When we're, dis- we're, not, we're not persecuted, we're not forsaken, struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're not taken out because someone doesn't like us. We're not taken out because someone says, you don't know God. We're not taken out because someone said, I don't love you. All those things fall to the ground. Why? Because I died. I don't care. Seriously, I don't care in that way. I care that you don't know who I am, but I don't care that you're saying things about me. But I will continue to love you and hope that that will change. But that thing's not going to take me down because I know who I am, because I know I died this day, got born, and I know I'm in this for 22 years now. And so this reality is my reality, and I'm growing in this reality, and it can be our reality, but not while the God of self lives. And unfortunately, we like to skip that part. We've created another gospel that says it doesn't really exist. But we can't live. Don't worry about it. It's all dealt with and we can't live. Well, then live. Why do you keep getting in your way if it's all dealt with? See, we like to claim stuff that everything Jesus has done, but we're not in what he's done. We love to claim what Paul has done, but we're not in what he's done. And you can't claim it unless you've entered into it because the man is speaking from his testimony, not theology. It's not a textbook. It's his testimony. So you can't have his life unless you have his testimony. You'll never understand the Scriptures unless the Spirit is revealing Christ. And while our will exists, the chances of that are pretty minimal. But we tend to do this, and we think we're going to read, and we're going to renew our minds. And we learn some stuff, but that doesn't mean your mind's renewed. Did you know that God loves you? Yeah, great, but that doesn't mean your mind's renewed and you've received love. Like you can read this stuff and not be changed. You've got to eat it. You've got to drink it. Who? Him. Look at this next passage, Philippians 2, 19 to 21. But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ's. Like there's no one like this kid. Out of everybody that professes to be a follower. I've only found one. And he's young. And I'm kindred spirit with the young man. Why? Because they all seek after their own interests, but not him. 2 Corinthians 6, 11 to 12. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. See, this is what happens when the word goes out from other people. It's the word. All of a sudden, it gets turned on those people bringing the word. You're restricting me. Eh, eh, I'm freeing you with something. No, you're trying to put me in a box. No, I'm trying to get you out of a box. It feels like I'm being squashed. That's right, because you need to die because you're still living and you can't know freedom until you've died. 
And so this whole thing about the mind, it always thinks back to front. It always misses what's really happening and then accuses the one who's bringing it the opposite. But actually, it's it. And it needs to die. You are not restrained by us. You're restrained by your own affections. What did Paul say about marriage? If you marry her, brother, (laughs) she marries you, you could leave me and be more worried about her or his reality. This is how you get hoodwinked in something that's given by God, which is so beautiful because you don't have his mind and his heart because you're still living for you. You make it all about you. So you've made marriage about you instead of about him. And Paul says, if you are married, it's okay, but live as if you're not. Like, don't live looking at one another, looking for life anymore, because that's just a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Do you know the purpose of your marriage, if you're married? And if you're thinking about getting married, do you know the purpose of your marriage? Most people don't, because we're not taught. We think primarily these two things. This is how you populate the earth. Out of Genesis, correct? Go and multiply. Or it's about not having sex before you get married because you don't want to commit that sin. And I'm not downplaying that. That is not the purpose of marriage. And when this gets spoken, all of a sudden, oh, I don't quite like that. Well, your own self starts to feel the pressure, the weight, the sharpness, what's coming to what? Divide, conquer, kill, but bring life. So then you can live like this, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 15, for the love of Christ controls us. Only people where that's been taken out where that is being renewed, and when they're not living from that, can say that with all and any authenticity. The love of Christ controls us. Who's in control? You or him? For he is love. Listen to what he says. The love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, this is the conclusion that Jesus died for all. We're going to have the music, guys. That'd be great. Therefore, all died. We're all supposed to be dead because Jesus died. And he died for all so that they who live, what does it say? Can we get that out? Those who live would... I just can't bring myself to say it. Would no longer live for you. Can we say that with confidence and boldness, knowing that we're loved and covered, but need to get crucified? So those who live would no longer live for themselves. But for him who died and rose again on their behalf, 
You see, guys, the life you were born with, the natural earthly life, is not the life. That's death. And you have to be awakened out of death to come into life. You have to realize mum and dad's plans, mum and dad's dreams, they're not your father, they're not your mother. The true father is God. They were chosen to bring you into the earth. They did their purpose full stop. And I'm not diminishing the physical, but if we're trying to find life in the physical and the earthly, you are missing it completely as a follower. But we must. Can someone just come and grab that and pull that down for me, please? Have died. God said, son, go after the God of self. And I shared this three weeks ago. I've seen mass repentance here. I've seen everyone on their faces just weeping and crying, not emotionally. See, here's the thing. You can break emotionally, but not break spiritually. You can be broken physically. Your body might be broken, but you're still full of pride. So it's not about breaking emotionally. It's not feeling bad. It's actually repenting in a way that the spirit of pride cracks It says those who fall on the rock are broken into pieces and you never pick up a vase that's shattered. You've got to go get a brand new vase and that's what God has given us, which frees me from me to live. And then he takes me on a journey. He says, son, I want to renew your thinking because your plans and your ways are not mine. You've got no idea. Doesn't mean if you've brought it in a Christian home, you've got no revelation, you've got nothing. All you've got is good Bible stories. Your version of God, but it's not enabling you to live a life that He's calling you to. And that's why it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant what you brought up, and it might help, but it may actually hinder. Because it may have filled you with religious garbage. I don't know. What I do know is this truth makes you free. And what I do know, truth is a person, not a principle. And what I do know is when you cry out to the person, he's faithful to come. And when you step out and you make a move and you enter into that, he's faithful. He does what he does because that's his heart to do what he does because he loves us. And he's not basing it on your behavior. He's not basing it on your past. He's not basing it on what you say or what you don't say. He bases everything on himself because he is good and faithful even when I am not. And so there is a move that needs to happen in this church. And God is moving, but you need to move. You need to step out of something and into Him more. You've got to let go. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. And I'm not just saying about today. I'm talking about life in general. Like that may be you. You may be a lover of self. You may go after this and go, you know what? That is true. I look at my life. It's all about me. I'm trying to think everything about me. I ask the questions. It's about me. My entire life is still about me. And God says, I love you in that state, but that's not the state that I want to leave you in. I want you to know who I am. I want you to be part of what I'm about. And I want you to know what freedom is in me. And there's something that's got to stir in us, guys. There's something that's got to come in your innermost being. I can't give it to you. I can't change you. It's got to happen in you. There's something in the pit, in the gut of you that's got to start rising up that's bigger than you and hearing something going, I want that more than I want life. And you've got to raise your own hallelujah. 